0: of those before before just now so um, okay well um, you're wanting me to now finish your game got it okay Uh, okay who thinks it's the who thinks the lie is the first one let a a conference with another Joel Reimer okay who thinks it was the lie is spent time in India okay and who thinks it is uh, played rugby now I'm offended. If actually I did play rugby in high school, um, I was a scrum half in sevens. It's a great game. Um, I did spend time in Kolkata in India, and I actually have a good friend named Joel Reimer. And we were actually, I don't think Dustin knows this, we were actually scheduled to lead worship together at a conference. Dustin didn't know that. But then uh, some technical difficulties happened and we weren't able to land in Thailand at the same time. But, so there were almost three truths. It's like Michael Scott. I'm good at basketball, I'm good at this, I'm good at this. They were all true. I'm good at everything. Anyway, um, that was a great segue. Thank you, Dustin. That was hilarious. It's good to be with you guys today. We are continuing on our series not intentions, 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 and this, um, the moments in scripture in the Bible that we have that seem to be a bit of a paradox, right, last week, uh, Pastor Kobe talked about the will of God and the ways and the works of God and uh, truth and wonder and how this all, how it all fits together, if you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to the message on the podcast, it's fantastic, Um, today, I want to talk to you about now and forever. Now and forever. And the tension and the paradox that there is in the Bible with how we live now and forever and what that really means. Let me pray with you and we're going to begin. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that you have created these moments that we have and in the next little bit of time that we have that we would focus on you, that we would submit our attention to you, and that you would speak to us. Your Bible says that You bring truth, and where uh, where your spirit is, there's freedom. So I pray for freedom for us today, that we would experience a lightness and a joy and a contentment in knowing who you are and how we can interact with you, how you make our life better. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Okay, we are, we as humans are kind of obsessed with time, aren't we? Obsessed with time. Now today I I hadn't planned this, but today was time change Sunday. Um, so it kind of fits. Um, anybody, anybody, planners in the room? You're a planner. You like to schedule your day, your week. You know when your vacation is going to be. You have planned your itinerary. You plan. Yeah. And how many would you say uh, would be not, not plan adverse, but, you know, just you'd call yourself something positive? Like you're just, you go with the flow. You're easygoing. You're free. Yeah, and it's funny. If you're, I definitely will put my hand up for that one, yeah. My wife is saying you better put your hand up. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Both sides think that we're right, right? The planner's like, it's the only way to win the day and win life is to plan it, to make sure you have an account so you're not a reactive person, you're a proactive person. And although all that is true, there's something to be said about just letting, letting life happen and just rolling with it right, and just see what happens, and I think sometimes, sometimes us rolling with it, people think that we're very flexible. Uh, Sometimes that's true. Sometimes we're just lazy. Um, Anyway, but we are obsessed with time. We're obsessed with time. We are fueled by, um, by time. We are motivated by deadlines. We are, we talk about, um, we talk about different, there's different like cliches, right? Different uh, figures of speech. Like, oh, you are, they're ahead of their time. Or, oh man, if," it's like, we have songs about it. if I could turn back time. That's an old one. But um, there's, we, we talk about time. We're fueled by time. We're motivated by time. And that is because we are limited by time, okay? So from the very beginning, since the creation of people, creation of the world, we had a start point. And we are limited and constrained by it. And that's the now that we have in this now and forever. If you're taking notes today, you can write now and forever at the top of your page. And while you're doing that, I'd love for you to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 1. It's the very beginning, very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And as you're turning there... um, I was thinking about this, this whole concept of time, how we start, how we end that trend, like how it started, how it's going, you know? Um, I, I find that I'm usually on the cutting edge of trends, just it's usually the, the back edge of the cutting. That's where I find myself. It's like I wait to see the trend play out first. If I want to engage in this, then I'll dive in um, when I'm good and ready, and I'll be fashionably late to this trend. Uh, Okay, turn with me Genesis chapter 1. It says this. It says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What a great picture that is, hovering over the waters. And it says this, and God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. The first day. So at that moment, God initiated the start of time for us. Now, God is different. God is timeless. So it says in the Bible that he he was like the beginning and the end. He's before anything, and he's after everything. He is like eternal, right? But he created humans to be constrained by time. So we have this, this, this tension where we are right now, but there's something something bigger out there. Have you ever wondered, like, what, like, what's beyond this universe? What's beyond where we are? Have you ever thought that? Any conspiracy theorists in the room? Yeah? You wouldn't call yourself a conspiracy theorist. You'd call yourself a realist, probably. <laughs> um, but have you ever wondered, kind of like, oh, there's, there's got to be more to it, Right? There's more to this. Have you ever just sort of pondered that question? I have pondered that question, and I mean, I can think of, since I was a kid, since I was little, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I just took it so seriously. I stressed about it. I'm like, oh, I see other people doing things. They know what they want. What am I supposed to do with my life? We, we ask kids that when they're little. What do you want to be when you grow up? Then you hit high school, and it's like, what are you going to do after high school? And then you hit college, oh, what would you, I had a conversation with somebody at the first service, they were taking their master's, and the natural question, oh, what would you like to do with that degree? I'm not sure yet. And all the questions of what's next, right? What's next? There's got to be something more. There's something more to it. We're constrained by time, by a start and end. We have sort of checkpoints in our life. Maybe, uh, I mean, I keep telling myself I'm not at middle age yet. I keep telling my wife that I plan to be well over 100, so I'm not halfway yet. So, I don't have to worry about the whole middle-aged midlife crisis yet. I'll get there when I'm good and ready. But we we have this we have a timeline, right? To our life. But now now God is different. So God kind of he when he started time, it's like this tape measure here. Right? He's got I I picture it like God has started, he's initiated the beginning of creation. And he's above, he's Beyond right, but he's he's holding humanity like this tape measure here, and he sees the inner workings of our life from the start to the end. Now, some of us we we maybe feel like we have a long life to go. Still, it's like man, I, I go to the gym. I'm uh, I see naturopaths. I have a I have a good work life balance. Lots of self care. But at the end, like this, this tape measure is going to end, right? It's going to have a start. It's going to have an end. But God is, is beyond time. And some of us have a short life, relatively short. Some of us have a long life, but it will always end. And there's something, there's something really significant And to be so grateful for, the start and the end of our lives. If you've ever been present when a baby has been born, there's something holy about it. Right? And there's equally something um, sombering and um, kind of other earthly at the end of someone's life. When you're there and you experience the last breath, and it's like, wow, that is done. And it might, be, it might be a long life, it might be a short life, but there's this finality to it, yet it still seems like, man, there's something, there's more. It's more, it's got to be more than just this. Right? And turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes. And actually, as you're as you're turning there, I want to read to you um, the beginning of in chapter two of Genesis. So hold off on Ecclesiastes. Genesis two verse seven says this. So after God created day, and he created the moon and the stars and the ocean and plants and animals, then he created man. Created man on the sixth day, and it says this in chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils morning breath. (laughs) He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And a man became a living thing, so God had dirt, created the shape of man, and he <sighs> breathed into man, and at that moment, we became a living thing, we inherited a spirit, and he, god didn't God didn't breathe into the stars or the moon, um, as wonderful as it is he didn't breathe into puppies as much as you think that your puppy is your fur baby. it's not a person. We hate to break it to you. I'm gonna get an email about that one, I think. No, but no, but God breathed into people, and we have a spirit. Now turn turn with me to Ecclesiastes here. That's why there's a tension, all right, because we have the now. But now there's something, there's something more. If you turn your Bible, so it's Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is a book written by Solomon, King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And he says this. Bear in mind, this is the wisest person who has ever lived. Chapter 1, verse 2. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. (laughs) Wow. That's positive. Thank you, Solomon. Um <laughs> no but this word meaningless it actually it's it's not translated the best in English the the true uh the original meaning of this word is it's the word is hevel hevel turn to your neighbor and say hevel hevel uh, it's kind of a funny word it's a hebrew word and it actually means like a breath okay it means like kind of like a breath or a vapor it's this kind of colorful like I I think of it as like this colorful, mysterious smoke that sort of shapes and it's beautiful and intriguing and you try to grab it and just goes between your fingers. It's you can't quite grab it. You can't really understand it and grasp it, but it's but it's amazing and you're trying to kind of figure it out. That is more and it's quick. It's fast. It's gone in an instant. That's kind of the word that. Solomon says about what life is like. It's like this hevel. It's like this vapor that's here today, gone tomorrow, kind of hard to grasp. And that's the start of the book. So he sets sets his mind to figuring out what life is all about. Because he too, like you, he's the wisest man in the world. And he too recognized there's a tension between now, what I'm doing, who I am, and there's something else. What is that something else? How do I... How do I make my life right now purposeful? Because it doesn't seem like it's enough, right? And now if we look over here in chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it's this famous chapter. It talks about there's a time for everything. There's a time to live and a time to die, a time to um, to rejoice and a time to be sad. There's a time to gather things together and a time to scatter. There's a time to hang on to things, all the all these sentimental people in the room who has a birthday card from your great-great-grandmother from 40 years ago, you say, yes, there's a time to save. And then there's also a time to let go, right? There's a time to, to, to search, and there's a time to give up. So there's a time for everything, that says, under the sun. And now check this out. In verse 9, I love this, chapter 3, verse 9. It says, what does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on man. That word "laid," that "laid on," it's actually not really like an oppressive word, not like a, not like a, um, a, a taskmaster pushing something down. But this "laid on" is like a gift. So I've seen the burden that God has gifted us with. He's granted us with. Okay, He's given us this thing, and it says, and He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also check this. He's also set Eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there's nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it. So men will revere him. Isn't that beautiful? God has put eternity in our hearts. Heaven is in your heart. Heaven is our home. So we have been created with flesh and blood and problems and joys and pleasures and everything. But it's, it's not the end. Your, your tape measure, wherever that stops, is not the real end of who you are. Because you have a spirit and heaven is in our hearts. God has breathed life into us. And now it's this tension that we say, how do I live now and forever? Because what I do right now matters. Oh, but does it matter at all? Because there's something more. So we have to weigh this out. How do we live now and forever? At the same time, there's a commentator that says this about this chapter. It says it's beautiful. It says, God's beautiful but tantalizing world is too big for us. Yet its satisfactions are too small. Since we were made for eternity, the things of time cannot fully and permanently satisfy. Right. So Solomon, if you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, well, I'm going to figure out what life is all about. I'm going to work really hard. So he does. He works hard and he builds things and, and he, he accomplishes goals. Any project-minded people in the room, Right? It's like, ah, I put my hand to something, create a task. It feels so satisfying to see it finished. And then when it's done, it's done. And if you did a good job, hopefully it gets done completely so you don't have to do it anymore, right? Kind of work your way out of a job, and it's like, well, okay, now what? <laughs> Carry on then. And then, and then he says, oh, that seemed kind of, kind of empty, I'd feel, I thought I'd feel more of the satisfaction. Well, I'm gonna try something else. I'm gonna try having fun, right? Because the hardworking people say there's no time for fun, and the and okay, I should just take a break, to have all the fun. So we had all the food and the parties and the women and everything, and all of that was seemed great, and then then it was done. Kind of left feeling empty. Right? Have you ever been disappointed? Things that you're thinking this is going to be the greatest, I thought oh, I thought graduation would feel different. <laughs> I thought i'd be on top of the rule. I can think of man when i was when I was in college, I did a music degree, and then uh, I had friends who I'd see who are making it in music, and they see them doing that, and it's like, okay, it's always this pursuit of the next hit single and and I myself have like, okay, if if I can get to that point, then then that'll be great. And if it happens or if it doesn't, and you're just kind of like, okay, that was that. No, what's next? I guess right. It's there's this emptiness, this this end. It's it's not quite enough. And then then Solomon tried. Well, like like hard work and suffering, and he he went through the whole list of human experiences and found it all to have um, an emptiness to it. Because we have been created for something more. C.S. Lewis says this. If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. There's something inside of you that because heaven is in your heart, eternity is in the hearts of men that you should not be totally satisfied with right now. There is a tension. And it's uncomfortable but we just got to deal with it. And what you do right now matters, and it doesn't. But it does, but it kind of doesn't, but, right, you see where I'm going with this. So how now do we live in a way that is grasping and really taking full advantage of the now while keeping our eyes fixed on the future? That's the great tension. That's the question, and that's the, the result that we all have to come to in order to live a life now that is truly satisfying and productive and joyful. It doesn't make it perfect, that's for sure. But we have a way that we can live now and live forever. We've been saved. We're not quite yet glorified. Paul says, he says in Timothy, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not just for me, but for everyone who has longed and loved for his appearing so our home is in heaven but god's not saying go on autopilot right now no we have something to do right now right so how do we do this how do we do this the first the first thing that i can think of how we can be in the now be present be in the moment is to be watchful be watchful turn with me to ephesians chapter 5 ephesians chapter 5 it's in the new testament It's a a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church called Ephesus, a church in a city called Ephesus. And he was writing, writing them, telling them to be mindful and to be watching. And he says this, it's beautiful. Chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. I'm going to go back to verse 14 actually. So he says this, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. How many of you felt that this morning? Getting up your time change? Maybe you didn't even realize it was a time change today. Um, I'm still remember when we didn't have phones that set themselves. I remember being so skeptical. I'm like, ooh, is this, is this phone, is this smart device really going to be smart enough to know to ti- change time? What a dinosaur, hey? Um, and then I didn't sleep at all because I was just waiting to see. Oh, oh it did. OK. I guess I can sleep for an hour now. Um, anyway. <laughs> Wake up, O oh sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And it says this, be careful, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise. Don't just, don't just be um, absent-minded, but be, but be wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Evil. Not meaning like evil, like
1: ooh, <laughs>
0: like evil, but it's like the days are short. The days are short. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't even know if we have tomorrow. Right? Life is heavy. Life is quick. It's like a, a breath, and it's here one day and gone tomorrow. So make the most of every opportunity. Be watchful. How can I put my hand to do something today? How can I be productive today? Because now matters. Right now matters. Matters so much. And over, over in uh, Colossians, Colossians chapter three twenty three. It says, "It says this. Right. It's right after the book of Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Colossians three twenty three. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. So, what? Be watchful. What can you do today?" That will be meaningful because if we start our day with the mindset that God has put eternity in your heart, then what you do actually does really matter right now. It really does. You can have an impactful conversation. You can have a project that you get done at work that is pleasing, that uses your talents and your abilities, that you can have that conversation with the person that maybe you feel like, oh, I don't have time for it. No, they, they actually do matter. You should, you should pause and take the moment because you don't know when that moment's coming back. So be watchful. That's how we can be in the now. Be in the now. The second, second way to live now and forever is to be joyful. Be joyful. Romans 12, verse 12. I'm giving you a whole bunch of Bible today. I hope that you're writing these down you can go back to it because, man, God's word is so good. It's the only thing that we have that we can really anchor on for our truth. Um, Romans 12, verse 12 says, Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. Be joyful. You actually have a reason to be joyful. You know that? Why? And you may think, yeah, why, why, why do I have a reason to be joyful? Well, for one, you're not God. Isn't that good? <laughs> I know every time I try to be God, I'm disappointed. I just find myself dropping the ball in some way. Huh, I thought that would work out better than it actually did. I had one set in my, nah, that's disappointing. I'm so glad I'm not God. <laughs> um, when, we were, when we were growing up, my, my parents used to say, you just have two jobs. You have to play and obey. That's all. <laughs> just play and obey. And now that we, my wife and I, we have six kids and we're like, it's kind of true. If you're obeying... Uh, then once you're done obeying, then you can play, and it's just fantastic. What a life! And God is saying to us today that if we f- if we are following His word, and He really does have tomorrow, so we can be joyful. You don't have to carry the stress. I mean, I I'm not saying that life isn't full of stresses, but but He does say, "Hey, bring me all of your all of your concerns, and I'll I'll care for you." Jesus says. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and feel like heavy, and I'm going to give you rest. Take, like, God, God, God's thinking of taking our anxiety and our worry. In Matthew, Jesus said, like, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. I got it. Just focus on today. You can't handle tomorrow. You can't handle what may or may not happen because you're not me. So just be here and trust me. That's the joyful piece. So we can be watchful, put my hand to something. We can be joyful what is coming. Man, D.L. Moody, he was a, 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 a preacher and a writer back in the 1800s. And he says this. This is such a, such a great quote. It says, it does not take long to tell where a man's treasure is. In 15 minutes conversation with most men, you can tell whether their treasures are on the earth or in heaven made me think, I'm like, huh, What is the first, what's my first impression? What do I try to convey? What am I intentional with slipping into the conversation, right? It's like if you've ever gone somewhere, it's like you went on a holiday, so you're trying to slip it into every conversation. If you had like an accomplishment, like, oh, hey, that reminds me of this time when I did this. Like, dude, that was a stretch. <laughs> There's, that conversation wasn't going there, but you turned it there. What am I trying to Make people aware of. Is, am I starting a business? Am I trying to kind of like, oh, network and fit that in? And all of that is, is fine. But it is very telling of where our hearts are. What, are. what are the moments that we have with people, these interactions? Where is it focused on? We can be watchful and we can be joyful. And there's, and there's really, there's, there's a freedom in that simplicity. Lastly, How to be now and forever? Be humble. Be humble. At the end of Ecclesiastes, after Solomon has lived his life, he's done everything that he could do, trying to figure out what is the meaning of life, why are we here, says this. Chapter 12, verse 13 and 14, he says, now all has been heard. He's pretty confident. He's like, yeah, I covered it all. You can trust me. (laughs) Well, there it is, right? It's all there. After all has been heard, here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commands. For this is the whole duty of man. It sounds easy and it sounds so difficult, doesn't it? Fear God and keep his commands. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good
1: or evil. This picture, that I was pondering it this week. Being humble.
0: What are the things that I'm doing? How am I acting in a way that is pleasing to God? Am I in it for my own gain? Am I trying to climb a ladder? Am I trying to get myself in the right room to get noticed by the right people? Am I willing to step on others to get ahead? Are my intentions pure? The Bible says that we're going to stand one day before God. And we're all going to be judged whether we are whether we know him here on earth, whether we've committed our lives to him or not. All of us are going to stand before God and all of us have a a pretty sordid history. <laughs> whether you grew up in church or not, we all have stuff. We all have good stuff and bad stuff. Now the distinguishing factor is if we know God, if we've committed our hearts to him. And still, all of us will come with our with our lives. I think of it kind of like having a having a box of stuff. Here's my life. Here's my life, Lord. my accomplishments. Ugh. come in, come in before. At the end of my days, no matter how long of a life I have, the Bible says we kind of bring our gifts before him, and we sang about it today, like, what do I have as an offering? Okay, it's, it's, it's uh, language used back in the Old Testament when you would bring an offering to be sacrificed before God. And it says that it's not about the things we bring as much as it is about our hearts. And Kobe, Kobe alluded to this last week where he talked about it's not where you get, but it's what God is doing in you and what he's, what he, how he's changing your heart. And I think of kind of coming to God, okay, God, this is my... This is my life. here's my accomplishments, and I've got some well i've got okay here here's what I have to offer you. It's not much, I mean certainly, in view of eternity now <laughs> it sure is small here's my oh well, here's here's my family, okay I did some good things there, probably not some here's uh here's my my career here's my my talents and here's those uh, all those relationships that you let me be a part of yeah mishandled some of those
1: that was a good one wonder where
0: you know thinking with all this in front of god like hmm, where where is my heart right Because the Bible says that God is going to judge the things that we bring him. Some of the things for all of us, he's going to, it says that he'll kind of burn, they'll kind of burn up in front of him, kind of like straw, just light on fire. Oh, that was, oh, wow, that was a lot of time and investment I put into that. Ah, uh, shoot. Like, really, Lord, that? That was just a, that was just a conversation I had.
1: That's still here? Wow. And it says that the things
0: that after all is said and done and after we're judged, what is left, is like pure gold. And I want to hear God say, well done. And I know there's going to be some things that I'll be disappointed with, but you know what? Even as I'm like, <clears throat> welling up with tears now, geez. God says, the Bible says he's going to wipe every tear away. And I think some of those tears are going to come from a disappointment of like, whoa, I feel like I've missed
1: that. And there's going to be tears of joy. But get this, God has
0: created you. The Bible says you're his masterpiece. He says he created you in his image. And not just like a tree that dies, not just like something that's here today and gone tomorrow, but he he imparted eternity into your heart. He said, what you do right now matters because life is so much more than right now. What a joy it is to encounter God in the everyday moments that we have with people and realize, wow, like, He put us here for right now. Let's do something. Let's be now with forever in mind. Because we don't know how many nows we have. But forever is a long time. I'd love to pray with you right
1: now. If you could, uh, everyone just close your eyes. Now, we're here today talking about now and forever, and I'm really aware
0: that there's some of us in the room that maybe have never made a decision to be with God forever. Maybe you've never heard this message that like, Jesus is, he's real, he loves you. The Bible says he died on the cross for you. He wants to take all of your sins, and there's, there's no shame in coming to Jesus. We may, like this song we sang, says, "I what do I have to bring? But hallelujah, meaning like, what do I have but to say praise God? Maybe you're here today, and, you, and you'd and you like a fresh start. You'd like what you do today to matter for eternity. I'd love to pray with you right now. And if that's you, if you want to say, yeah, I I would love to follow God and make my today matter in eternity. While everyone's eyes are closed, if you could just, just raise your hand. It can be quick. Yeah, I see you. You can put your hand down. Yeah, I see you. You can put your hand down. I'd love to pray with you because... Today, today could be your day. Where a fresh start happens and now all the things leading from now onwards are meaningful. Anybody else in the room? can Put your hand up. I want to pray with those who have raised their hands. God sees you. God is so proud of you. What a step of boldness this is to say hey, no I want I want my life to matter more than what I've been doing so far. I'm going to make some mistakes but please God help me. That's all this is. So I'd love to pray with you. And if you're in the room and you've already committed your life to God, just just as a kind of a symbol of unity, let's let's all pray together. And if this is your first time praying a prayer like this, you can just repeat after me. Just say, "Dear God, thank you
1: for creating me. Thank you for forgiving me, please help me to live for you. I need you, God.
0: I want my today to matter for eternity.
1: And I accept your free gift of life. I just want to pray for
0: everybody else in the room right now who maybe you've prayed this prayer and you're and you just want a bit of a reboot, a bit of a fresh start. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for every person here and as we as we speak about time and as it matters and today matters and it doesn't matter as much as eternity, but it's you've put today in front of us and say do something with it. I pray that we would be more revitalized than ever, that we would recognize that you are our living hope for today, you are our bright future for tomorrow, and I thank you so much for this gift of life. And I pray that today, as a vivid church, as uh, as we impact different people around our, the cities in our area, that we would walk with purpose, with confidence, knowing that our now matters. And that tomorrow, we don't know what it is, but you hold our future and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? We're just going to sing the chorus of this song one more time as a bit of an exclamation point to finish this off.
1: Come on, let's sing that out one more time. Oh, I throw up my hands. I'll praise you again and again.
0: is so good. He has a purpose for today. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, talk to somebody. Tell somebody and say, hey, I prayed that. Now what? Because it's a great fresh start and it's exciting days. I'm so proud of you and I'm excited for what is to come. So don't leave today without sharing with somebody that you prayed and and, uh, let's keep this thing going. Now and forever. We love you all. Come on back next Sunday. We're excited to continue this series, Intentions. Go
1: grab a coffee. We love you.